0: Hello and welcome to Lifetimes of Learning, a production at the Buddhist Discussion Centre Australia. In our podcast series, we'll be discussing the teachings of Buddha Dharma, which is just as relevant today as they were 2,600 years ago. In this podcast, we will cover a Dharma teaching titled Benefits of Chanting. Wherever you are, we invite you to bring your mind inside and listen to the teachings of the Buddha. The Benefits of Chanting This article discusses many aspects of how chanting is used in Buddhism as an important practice to awaken our mind, rather than as habitual ritual which does not lead to awakening. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, the word chant is both a noun and a verb, also now Scottish, chant, compared with the late 17th century old and modern French verb with chant, which is derived from the Latin. The word chant is defined as 1. A song, singing from the late 17th century 2. In music, a short musical passage in two or more phrases each with a reciting note to which any number of syllables may be sung for singing unmetrical words a psalm, canticle, etc. so sung in the late 18th century 3 a measured monotonous song, a musical recitation of words, a sing-song intonation in talk from the 19th century. This history of chanting extends beyond the time of the known origin of the words, which is listed in the Oxford and Etymological Dictionaries. In the Oxford Companion to Music on the subject of church music, Scholars states that it must be remembered that there are in the musical exercise of religion other purposes than the helping of the worshipper to experience those moments of mystical communion or of making an offering. In music lies the one effective means of communal expression. The largest bodies of worshippers may join in expressing their faith, their hope or their charity in song whose necessary simplicity seems to detract nothing from its emotional strength when it is sung with unanimity and verve. The duty here imposed upon those charged with the ordering of music in the service of religion is the provision of a large and varied body of religious poetry and accompanying music, dignified yet simple. Some persons support the use of bad music to lead men into good ways, since usually they are from some natural incapacity or through lack of early musical environment, incapable of feeling the difference between good and bad in music, and sometimes even of realizing that bad exists. There is good and bad in everything else, so it is reasonable to suppose that there is good and bad in music. This is the Christian Orthodox view of music. Association with the bad in any aspect of life has a darkening effect on the mind, whereas association with the good brightens the mind. If two pieces of music, good and bad, have equally strong attractive qualities, the ultimate end in view will be better attained by the use of the good, and good yet highly attractive music does exist and has powerfully aided religious movements from the beginning of Christianity to the present day. In the meaning of art, the highest form of written expression is calligraphy. Poetry in calligraphy is written in classic arrangements. Diverging from this was frowned upon by the ancients. As calligraphy is to the eye, so is chanting to the ear. Therefore, in deference to and in acknowledgement of powerful wisdom of the ancients, we train our minds accordingly. In a Dharma-ending age, there are plentiful examples of chanting that will not give practice fruit. The Buddha stated that we should not Sanskritize the Dharma, that is, do not put it into short rhyming stances. So we chant with pauses between the syllables we do not attempt to flow the syllables into a continuous melody. For if we did, we would be Sanskritizing like Hindu chanting. For example, we chant na, silent space, mo, silent space, tath, silent space, sa, silent space, and so on. We do not change under any circumstances continuous melody, such as opera that is sung with high pitched continuous melody. The ability of the singer, say a soprano, to hold a note without a break is considered to be a virtue in Western music. If we chanted like this in the Buddhist world, we would be in error. When we sing T voglio. Bene, assai, ma tanto, tanto, bene, assai. In Italian high key, we sing it as Tifoglio bene, assai, ma tanto, tanto, bene, assai. With no silent space. It becomes a feat of breath control and technique to express this type of expression. The popularity of opera is that there are definite melodies which are easy to copy up to a point by inexperienced singers who when they face the words, run out of breath. Running short of breath tends to cause tension and aggravation of the mind, so it could not be conducive to samatha meditation. The disturbance of the mind through the aspiration of the breath is a form of excitement because shortage of breath is associated with many emotions such as fear or passion. The aim of Buddha Dharma chanting is not to arouse fear or passion. Raga in Pali In essence, there is a totally different approach to the sounding of Pali chanting compared to an operatic area. It is true that both forms generate some sort of feeling, but the akusala, unwholesome, fears such as grief, affliction, agony, anguish, woe, remorse, regret, wretchedness, pain, fury, passion, fervor, rapture, misery, tragedy, obsession, madness, despair, treachery, anger, sense of loss, intoxicated, sense of love, and all the machinery used in the business of opera, emotion generation that makes the breath of the listener to bind up or even cease for a second. By such tricks on the mind, the attention of the persons becomes focused and committed, to a fantasy world that has no bearing on reality. The belief in such fictions as generated by the operatic performance causes the audience to become deeply involved in the plot. Believing the falsehood of the operatic plot are real. It is this type of performance that was available in Buddhist days that forms the basis of one of the prohibition of the Vinaya, the rules of the monks, and nuns, they are prohibited from spending their time viewing live performances. It is totally logically consistent with this rule that the Buddha did not wish to form a body of performance based on fictional stories being chanted. What we chant is different layers of the description of the truth of states of minds, or states of matter, or a list of what is the highest blessing or things are usual in everyday life. A fictional story has no place in Buddha repertoire. Performers who chant fiction and use their minds to hypnotize the audience into their belief system are likely to be born into a laughing hell in the next life. Hypnosis is prohibited as a method in Buddha's teaching system because it weakens the will of the recipient. In Buddhist practice, much emphasis is placed on generating will in Pali, Chattana, to practice each for himself or herself. Although a teacher may encourage a student to practice, the practice must be in accordance with the quiet dignity that is displayed in expounding the principles of the teachings. In teaching, the Buddha used many stories, but all of them were true. Stories of former lives, jataka tales, were often used to explain cause and effect. It is permissible to chant the Pali Buddhist texts word for word, and each part has some beneficial use provided it is given at the appropriate time. The stories chanted are more like catalogue lists of minds that are conducive to the well-being of many, or the properties of a matter in an almost scientific catalogue list. Gautama Buddha lived about 2,500 years ago, when there were no books to preserve the Buddha Dharma teachings. The only way to recollect the teachings was by memory. Chanting forms our oral histories. The regular chanting of the discourses helps to recollect and practice Buddha Dharma. Chanting, especially if done in the original Pali language, is a powerful method to learn Buddha Dharma and is used by practitioners all over the world. The famous Chinese monk of the 7th century, I Zing, mentioned that chanting has six benefits. 1. It enables us to understand the Buddha's virtues. 2. It teaches prosody. 3. It helps to teach language. 4. It exercises the lungs. Five, it exercises the chest. And six, it helps one overcome reservedness while in front of others. All these are good reasons to learn and practice chanting regularly. When the sutras are chanted, three great and powerful forces are activated. These are the forces of the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha. Buddhism is the combination of these three jewels and when invoked together, they can bring great blessings to humankind. Some persons may think that chanting is an expression of devotion to the Buddha, Dharma and Sangha. Better than devotion would be confidence, Pali, Sada. The qualities of the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha can be chanted in Pali as follows. Iti piso bhagava araham sama sambuto Vija charana sampano sugato logavitu anutaro Puritsa dama sarati satha deva Manutsanam buto bhagavati svakato bhagavata dhamo santiko akaliko ehipasiko opanaiko Pachatam veritabo venuhi ti supari pano bagavato savaka sango Uju paripano bagavato savaka sango naya paripano bagavato savaka sango samichi paripano bagavato savaka sango yaritam chatari Purisa, Yukani, Ata, Purisa, Pugala, Esa, Bhagavato, Savaka, Sango, Ahuneyo, Pahuneyo, Dakineyo, Anjali, Karaneyo, Anuttaram, Punaketam, Lokasa, T. The Vendana for Buddha, the salutation to the Buddha, is chanted in Pali as Om, Namo. Tassa, Bagavato, Arahato, Sama, Sambuddhasa. It can be translated as, "I pay homage to him, to the exalted one, to the worthy one, to the fully enlightened one." There are various English translations used for this vandana. The word namo is very powerful. Na, and mo are the names of two of the four elements at another level of understanding. This is like welding two of the great elements to cut and subdue problems. The OM in front adds great energy. If we want to gain benefits from chanting, we have to avoid the hindrances. Chanting is not done in ritual. Chanting is practiced without ritual. While chanting, the mind should be in the present. Chanting helps to develop mindfulness. Chanting is not like singing a tune, it will never reappear, so we must keep the mind in the present. Because the Lord Buddha is the superior teacher, we chant Namo Buddha or Namo Buddhaya. This is why we do not worship but respect. The meaning of the term Namo is vast. It means respect, veneration, gratefulness and honour. To mention just some of the meanings, you should find the meaning in your own mind. You then place 100% sincerity on the meaning you find in your own mind. You will then create good causes to have the teaching of the Buddha come to you fast. The Buddhist practitioner does not worship the Buddha, does not ask for worldly favors, but respects the Buddha for his supreme achievement the Venerable Dr. K. Sri Dharmananda Mahathero, in 1999 says in his book, What Buddhists Believe, when Buddhists respect the Buddha, they are indirectly elevating their own mind so that one day they can also get the same enlightenment to serve mankind if they aspire to become a Buddha. Chanting is a means of recalling the great virtues of the Lord Buddha, whose virtues and good qualities are inspiring and a guidance to develop the confidence to follow his teachings. Chanting can help to clear the mind. When we chant, we know the impermanence of the formation and arising of the sound. The mind has the potential to know the elements and meanings of language, and when it brightens, It is saying the highest form of knowledge, the truth of what is what. Chanting cleans and quietens the mind. As the mind becomes clearer and quieter, it also becomes brighter. The three characteristics of existence are Anicca, impermanence, dukkha, sorrow, suffering, unsatisfactoriness, anatta, no-self, emptiness. As applied to the five groups making up body-mind, there are rupam, form, body, vedana feeling, sensation in the body, sanna, sense of existence of any kind, perception, memory, sankara, all kinds of thoughts, moral and immoral, vinnanam, consciousness as thinking, Knowing with intention. The five groups and their characteristics are chanted in Pali as Rupam, Anicam, Dukkam, Anatta. Rupam, Anicam, dukam Anatta. Rupam, Anicam, dukam Anatta. Vedana, Anicca, Dukkha, Anatta. Vedana, Anicca, Dukkha anatta Vedana anicca Dukkha anatta Sanna anicca Dukkha anatta Sanna anicca Dukkha anatta Sanna anicca Dukkha anatta Sankara anicca Dukam anatta Sankara Anicca Dukam Anatta Sankhara Anicca Dukam Anatta Vinanam Aniccam Dukam Anatta Vinanam Aniccam Dukam Anatta Vinanam Aniccam Dukam Anatta The Tibetan Mantra... Om Mani Padme Hom is the mantra of one of the Bodhisattva attendants of Amitabha. Unlike metta, loving kindness, karuna, compassion, is limited. It is better to chant on a component of metta, loving kindness, than on a component of compassion. The teachings explain that each of the six syllables of the mantra has a specific and potent effect in bringing about transformation at different levels of our being over a world cycle or two. In one human rebirth, there is not enough time available for the six syllables to purify completely the six poisonous negative emotions, which are the manifestation of ignorance and which causes us to act negatively with our body, speech and mind creating samsara and our suffering in it. But repeated use of this chant may give us a rebirth in a pure land. There are many reasons why it is beneficial to chant. We do not only chant for ourselves. By chanting the Mettā Sutta, for example, we send loving kindness to other beings, that they may be free from hatred, be free from hurting others, be free from harming others, be trouble-free in body, in mind, and that they may preserve their own happiness. Also, the merits made by chanting can be shared with many other beings. The mindful direction of the merits can help numerous beings to get to know the path, realize the path, and follow the path of Buddha Dharma, provided you radiate metta in ten directions evenly. But unfortunately, it requires a lot of practice to achieve equanimity towards the ten directions. So practice, chanting if done correctly is a way of making higher merit and blesses many beings. It can wash away negativities that obscure our mind from understanding the four noble truths. Parita chanting is the recital of the Sutta's for the blessings and protection of the devotees. It is usually done in the Pali languages as uttered by the Buddha. These suttas were originally written down on old leaves about two and a half thousand years ago. Chanting a protective sutta shields ourselves from various forms of evil spirits, misfortune, sickness and and influence of the planetary systems as well as instilling confidence in the mind. As quoted in Dharmananda Mahathiro nineteen ninety nine. The vibrant sound of chanting creates a pleasing atmosphere to the beings within mind range. Also of the importance is the rhythm. For example, monks adopt different intonations to harmonize with different sutras, Significant psychological states of peacefulness and serenity in the mind of listeners can be produced by certain rhythms of the human voice. Certain intonation levels appeal to Davis, and certain rhythms can create a good influence over lower beings like animals. To correct rhythm is an important aspect in chanting. In all religions, the practitioners follow certain rhythms when reciting texts from the holy books, such as the Qur'an renditioned by Muslims, the Veda mantra chanting by Hindu priests in the Sanskrit language, and chanting by certain Christian groups, especially the Roman Catholic and Greek Orthodox sects. The chanting or listening to the Buddhist sutras activates the three great and powerful forces of the Buddha, Dharma and the Sangha, Chanting can help to reduce sickness and other mental disturbances. Chanting also helps to hold the precept of no lying. Dr. K. Sri Mahathiru, 1999, writes that the power of the truth has become a source of strength in the words uttered by the Buddha with great compassion. However, the power of the Buddha's word alone is not enough to secure blessing without the devotion and understanding of the devotees. May you be well and happy and practice the correct form of chanting for you this life. This article was written for radio broadcast by the Buddhist Hour radio team in December 2000. This concludes the teaching of Benefits of Chanting. Thank you for listening to our Lifetimes of Learning podcast. To listen to our other recordings, please go to our website www bdcu.org.au and click on Dharma Teachings or you can go to our online World Buddhist Radio station by clicking on Buddhist Radio. Also visit us on our www.dharmastream.org. If you have enjoyed our podcast and wish to support us, please follow the Patreon link to donate and offer your generosity. May you be well and happy. May all beings be well and happy.